Good evening, friends, and thanks so much for joining us right here on Heart of Indie Radio. Tonight, we are privileged and honored to have the one and only honored 2018 inductee to the prestigious Songwriters Hall of Fame in New York City, Steve Dorf. Now, he is massively um, successful. He has written amazing songs that have been sung by the likes of Barbra Streisand, Kenny Rogers, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, Anne Murray, and George Strait. The list goes on, and tonight he is taking time out of his busy schedule to talk with us. So welcome, Steve. How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you for, uh, for that very nice introduction. <laughs> well, I wish, I wish that I had said more because you have had such a massive career. It was like, how do I do this all in one sentence without it sounding uh, funny? Yeah. Um, we're thrilled to have you on our show this evening. And uh, as, as you. you know, I've been a fan of your work for a, a long time and have had the honor of actually meeting you in person. And you guys, he's such a sweetheart and um, you're so talented. You've had a huge career. And you were inducted in 2018 for the Songwriters Hall of Fame. I would love to have some uh, you know, insight on what that feels like for our listeners to have achieved well, uh, yeah. this great uh, it's, uh, I'm asked that a lot. And, and it's, um, it's like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for a songwriter that's, you know, not, not known as an artist. You know, mo- most of us are you know, most just pure songwriters like myself who never really recorded, who, who are these Oz behind the curtain, uh, people that write the soundtracks of people's lives and nobody knows who we are. So, um, I mean, to, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame with the likes of, you know, my heroes, you know, Irving Berlin and the Gershwins and Backrack oh. and David and Lennon and McCartney. I mean, it's still, I'm still kind of pinching myself every day. I wake up and I go, did, did I just dream that, you know, or did I really get in? You know, it's, uh, it's pretty unbelievable. And, um, it's, uh, I liken it to a, to a mountain climber, climber that finally gets to the top of Everest, you know, and, uh, Mm. um, it's, it's pretty, pretty great, pretty great. So, well, it's very well deserved. And, and I was really excited to, I think it came up on, on my Instagram feed, uh, when you Mm. made the announcement and Mm. I was just so, so tickled for you. So it's really, it's really neat that our listeners get to share in this experience, uh, with you as well. So thank you. You've, you've accomplished a lot in your, in your lifetime and in your career and you've also faced, you know, some tragedy. And I would love for our listeners, if you feel comfortable, just to know about your beautiful late son, Andrew Dorff, and his incredible Lost Album, and yeah. uh, to hear more about this and why it's so important for others to hear it. Well, Andrew was, uh, he, he was a genius. I, he was a lyricist. He, he, wrote, he wrote lyrics. He, he didn't write music. He didn't play an instrument. But from the time he was a kid, a teenager, he started writing poems. And then one day he came in and said, hey, can you put some music to this? It was uh, an idea he had written for his girlfriend that he wanted to give to her on her birthday. And that was the beginning of his songwriting career. And he moved to Nashville and um, had was just getting going. I mean, he had he had five number one records in the, in the first seven years here. And, um, he was just, you know, on fire. And unfortunately, uh, 
tragic accident took him from us way too soon. And, um, but he had an album that he had done, uh, for, for a company called Lost Highway, which, which dissolved. And I was able to go to Universal who owned the masters and, um, and get them back and released what we call the lost album. And it's on Apple and iTunes and all those streaming places. And, um, it's an incredible piece of work. It was produced by Greg Wells, who, uh, produces Adele and Katy Perry and uh, John Legend and uh, and uh, Greg and Andrew wrote half the album and half the album was written with uh, uh, with Gary Clark who from Scotland who's a great writer and uh, it's just great songs and um, it's just a great project and I was so happy to uh, be able to get that released commercially and. Uh, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's part of the legacy that, that he left as well as this incredible catalog of songs that continue to, uh, you know, he, he's on the new Carrie Underwood album. He's on the new old dominion album. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, continues to have songs recorded, uh, all the time. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great tribute mm-hmm. to his work. He lives on. That's that's mm-hmm. really special, and that's sure. incredible mm-hmm. to have have been able to find you know something like the, the music that he did right before he passed. It's really really yeah. special. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much for sharing that. I know that that's hard. Oh, sure. I, I'm yeah. I, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. Um, now you've you don't tend to stop working is what I've noticed. You just, you know, you're on the mountain, you've got, you've achieved. (laughs) And now you're like, I'm just going to keep going. You are always busy with projects and you're working on massive projects right now. And I'd love for our listeners to know more about your personal journey as a songwriter and producer with recent artists as the UK based Essex County and a Canadian artist called Liv Charette. I believe that's Mm -hmm, how you pronounce her name. mm -hmm, Now these are really talented artists and I'd love to know how you came to work with them. Well, um, my, my whole, um, career, you know, really started as a songwriter, you know, not being, not being a singer and never having aspirations to, you know, I found out a long time ago, I was never going to be James Taylor or Michael McDonald. So, um, <laughs> it saved me years of, uh, of therapy, you know, uh, recognizing that, you know, what I was good at was writing and arranging and telling great voices how to how to sing. And, um, and, and that kind of led to the production aspect of my career and the, you know, I'd, I would be asked to arrange tracks and then, and then ultimately produce. So, um, it's, it's been kind of a three tiered career for me, but, but it all start, it all starts from the songwriting perspective for me. And, um, in the case of Essex County, which are three brothers from London. Um, they're kind of like a country Bee Gees, uh, great oh. harmonies, great, oh, wow. great voices. And um, uh, they just went over a million streams on the first single. Um, and, uh, and Liv Charette, who's from Ottawa, Canada, really great, great singer. Uh, both of them are uh, under the same management wing. And so, 
I was playing songs for one of the managers there and uh, he fell out and he said, oh, you've got to play these for Rob Beckham, who owns the management company. It's called AMG. And um, Rob came over and we played songs and he, he said, want you to produce this act. And so I, I did five things with Essex County and then midstream, they said, hey, we have a girl that we think would be fantastic if you've got material for her and i met Liv, and we got together and um played her some songs and we ended up going in and, and doing uh, a seven song ep and the first single's out right now and uh, doing doing very well and so that's uh those are kind of the two new baby acts that i'm working with um uh i have a song that i that I did for uh, Barbara Streisand on her, on her new album, that, uh, a track on there. And, uh, I'm trying to think what else, I don't know. I oh think I've goodness. got some, something else going, <laughs> but I can't remember. I right think the now. listeners <laughs> are in awe at the moment. <laughs> but no, but the, the truth is you're right. I, I, um, I, I can't be idle. It gets me, mm. uh, it gets me, uh, it gets me crazy to be sitting on my hands and uh, not not being creative and not uh, not doing stuff. So it's. Uh, I love it, uh, Steve. There must be some stories that you know that you that you can share with our listeners tonight and 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 myself about your own experiences in the music industry. And you know, there might be some maybe funny or humorous stories, or there or there could be some heartfelt ones. Uh, we'd love to hear them tonight. Oh, there are so many, way too many to 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 tell, uh, you know, over the phone. Um, I did write a book called uh, I Wrote That One Too, and it's a, a life in songwriting from Willie to Whitney. And um, and I tell all those great stories, but a real, a kind of fun one that I that I tell is, uh, I got a call one day from Jermaine Jackson, um, who I'd worked with on his last Motown album on a track, and he, I hadn't talked to Jermaine in about four years, and uh, he called me out of the blue, and um, he he said, "Hey, Steve," he said, um, "You don't happen to have a great duet." Do you? And I, I said, well, I think so. You know, I, I said, um, what, what's it for? He said, well, I just signed with Clive Davis, Arista Records. I'm making my first album for Arista. And uh, um, I'm doing this one really cool duet. And I'm still looking for, for the great song. And uh, so, of course, I said, oh, yeah, I've 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 got it. I said, when do you need it? And he said, uh, we're recording at four o'clock this afternoon. And of course I didn't have one, but <laughs> if I had said I didn't, then I'd be out of the game. So I said <laughs> I did. So we, we got off the phone and I scrambled around and grabbed, grabbed a few demos and, uh, uh, they were cassettes back then and, and, uh, stuck a couple in my pocket and, uh, went down to the studio and, Jermaine came out and he jumped in my car and he said, what do you got? And I put the, uh, put the first cassette in and, um, uh, he started to groove on it. And, uh, and then all of a sudden he started singing the second chorus and he stopped me and he said, that's the song. That's the song. I said, I said, well, maybe we should go to Vegas right now. You know, I, I said, I've never been that lucky. And, uh, um, 
and I was very excited because I thought, okay, it's going to be either Dionne Warwick or Aretha because they're the two mainstay women artists on, on Aristus. So I said, do you mind me asking, you know, is it Aretha or Dion? And he said, no, no, it's this new, uh, it's this new artist. Um, uh, she's never really recorded before. And of course my heart sunk and, um, he said, she's this model from New Jersey, but she sings really good. And, <laughs> and, you know, now I'm, ready to slit my wrists. And, um, <laughs> and she, he says, uh, yeah, her name's Whitney Houston. And, uh, I said, Oh, okay. And, uh, so I went home and I drove home and I was depressed and, um, <laughs> they, they recorded the song. It was on his album. And then of course, Clive called me and said, we'd love to put this on Whitney's first album. And, uh, you know, 24 million records later, um, the moral of the story is that if Count Dracula wants to record one of my songs, I'll let him, you know, because you never know who the you never know who the next Whitney's going to be. That's and, so amazing. Um, so that was a, that was kind of a, a, a cool story that, uh, you know, there are so many stories and, and, and it's such a fine line between um, between incredible success and dismal failure. Um, mm -hmm. all these songs have kind of a life of their own. I mean, through the years that was such a big hit for Kenny Rogers for me, um, was passed on by Glenn Campbell, Barry Manilow, uh, three other acts before Kenny did it. Um, uh, I crossed my heart, which was a big hit I, I had with George Strait. Um, that took eight years, um, for it to be heard on the radio. I, I think, I think most people, when they hear hits on the radio, they, they have no concept of how long it takes and how old that song might be. I think they just figure, okay, someone wrote that yesterday and it's on the radio today. And it, uh, it just doesn't work that way. Um, uh, at least not for me. I, mine always have a little bit of heartbreak before they become, uh, before they become successful. And some of them never do. And some of them just uh, fall through the cracks or are not at the right place at the right time. Um, and so you have to have a lot, lot of, of that. courage, yeah, I guess, don't you? To just, well, yeah, confidence. confidence um, I, I always say, if you're not prepared to pick yourself up and dust yourself off from the rejection, uh, this is not the business to be in because mm. there's a, t there's a ton of rejection because music is so subjective. You know, what's a, what one person loves, another person doesn't like at all. One artist, you know, uh, is the right voice for a song. Whereas another artist, even, even if they're great, if, if it's not a great marriage between the song and the artist, it's never going to be successful. Wow. Yeah. I like that quote. And I, and I really believe that that's true. I think, well, it's true. Yeah. Bet, a great yeah. example of that is Bette Midler recorded I Cross My Heart uh, eight years before George did. And to her credit, uh, just before the album came out, she, she felt like she couldn't, it wasn't the right song for her. It just wasn't the right fit. She went in the studio three times, tried to sing it. It just wasn't, wasn't the right thing. And so they, they, did not put the song on the album. And I played that song for 
everyone I knew, including my mother, for the next eight years. And everybody said, it's nice, Steve, not one of your best. And then George Strait hears it, does it for the movie Pure Country. And it's the ninth greatest love song of all time, according wow. to um, according to uh, uh, CMT, Country Music Television. So you just never know. You never mm-hmm. know who the, who the right artist is going to be and what that right marriage between artist and song is going to be that's incredible and you've i mean there's so many things i wanted to ask you <laughs> i'm i was trying to narrow it down to the most you know most uh, important ones but then it was like oh they're all important i'd love for our <laughs> listeners to know more about um concerto uh, you're currently writing this now and is there more information you can share with us or is it well top secret? I, ever since no ever since um I'm little. I mean, I was this weird kid that uh, had an imaginary orchestra in my head. And so everything I ever did, I underscored with with this orchestra in my head. And and, um, and that's why it was easy for me to do movies and, and television scores, because I had done that my whole life. If, if I got in the car with my mom when I was five and it was raining and she turned the windshield wipers on, that rhythm became this orchestral piece in my head. And, and so I always said, if I ever get a a block of time where I can really devote to writing a classical piece, I would love to attempt that. And so here comes 2020 and uh, uh, everybody's doing a whole lot of nothing. And I decided, okay, there's, I'm never going to have this, block of time again and um and so i started about well it's been about two and a half months now so um uh writing a a piece for uh uh, for piano and orchestra and i'm going to call it 2020 and um and i hope my hope is that uh uh, next year in in 2021 when orchestras come back uh uh, we can debut it or premiere it somewhere and, and uh, do uh, um, do live orchestral shows, you know, with uh, as an extension of the show I do now, which is just me at the piano. So, um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that sounds so incredible. Oh, I want to yeah. be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so do I. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, listeners, you've heard it. We're all invited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that's uh, the, the the next world tour of Steve Dorff Concerto coming to you soon. Um, I would love for our listeners to support you on social media and also purchase your music and your and your book that you've written with uh, gorgeous stories of your career. Can you please tell us where we can find you on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and also yeah, where we can find uh, the music? Yeah. Uh, well, all the music's on my website, which is uh, stevedorf.com, and uh, there's a, a website store with that has my book and CDs and um, uh, and and a, a DVD, which we just put up of a, one of the last shows I did before all this hit was in New York City, and uh, it's a really nice six-camera shoot of uh, me doing my 90-minute thing where I, you know, tell the stories and play the songs. So that's, it's all on the website and it's all available on stevedorf.com as well as, you know, all information and links to my Facebook and to Instagram. 
and uh, I think my Instagram is Steve Dorf Music. Okay. And then Facebook is, uh, oh, I have two two pages on Facebook, just Steve Dorf, and then I think the other one's Steve Dorf Music, too. It's, uh, okay. And I think you're uh, also on Twitter, I'm pretty sure, unless, unless it's so. not the real Steve yeah. Dorf. I'm pretty sure no, it's that, you. <laughs> no, that's me, but I'm, I'm not really a, a big Twitter, Twitter guy. What, yeah, what yeah, I do no, is I, retwe- I retweet things that yeah. people say about me say if i like them <laughs> yeah. if i don't i don't and uh yeah it's, it's a lot to it's a lot to deal with but yeah. but fortunately um uh, jessica my assistant kind of deals with the uh the website and uh um and so that that's all it's all good yeah oh that's yeah. awesome well it's uh it's been such an honor to have you on our show tonight, and I really oh, appreciate well, you taking time. And sure again, have have been a big fan of your work, and I'm sure many of our listeners are the same. And so it was really, really fun to to get a chance to get some insight into uh, your life and your music. Now you have a song, uh, you have many songs, but you have a song called "I Just Fall in Love Again," and it's touched mm-hmm. many hearts over the years. Popular artists such as the Carpenters and Dusty Springfield and Anne Murray have have sung this song, and it, mm-hmm. I've I remember hearing the song too when I was younger, and and I cried. I didn't know I didn't know who had written it, but um, Anne Murray was singing it, and um, yeah, so it's pretty yeah, incredible. And, well, and that that's a great story. The 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 fine line between um, success and failures. That song was. Uh, originally recorded by Karen Carpenter. She mm-hmm. she did it first, and then they told me it wasn't going to be a single. And then Dusty, uh, who I idolized, um, loved Karen, and she heard the song on the Carpenter's album two years later and recorded it and, um, and then told me it wasn't going to be a single. And then cut to a year and a half later, so now we're about six years in from the time I wrote it, and... Uh, and cuts it in Canada, and they tell me it's not going to be a single. And um, and so uh, a radio station in Buffalo, New York, started playing it, and uh, and it became Song of the Year. And uh, um, so it's just one of those journeys that some mm. of these some of these songs take. And uh, you know, the, you never That's know incredible. where they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. And Anne, was... but Anne was the one who. Who had the big hit with it? But I, whenever I play it, I always love to thank Karen and Dusty and Ann because they they all brought it to life. They brought the song. That's to amazing. Life. This happened recently, Steve. Here in New Zealand, I was uh, at a at a little bakery outside of a store, and there was a gentleman in a, in a wheelchair, and he had a little um, Bluetooth speaker, mm-hmm. and I just started chatting with him and asked him how he was doing and and uh, I sat down with him and he began playing I'm gonna cry here he had the song I just fall in love again he said that's my mama's favorite and and, you know she Mm. passed away and and we were singing it together and I thought oh my goodness this is this is so neat I have to tell Steve on the show tonight that Mm. you know just this this beautiful song you know you just never know when when something that you write um you know that how it'll affect other people, but all the way over in yeah. New Zealand, you know, um, it was really wow. special. Um, that's a great so. story. I'm, I'm so glad you told me that. I, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and thank you for, yeah. yeah, just opening your heart to us tonight and sharing your, um, you know, your life and, and your music. And, and tonight would love to play. I just fall in love again. And, and I would be honored if you would, uh, introduce the song. Well, um, 
this is a, a song I wrote with uh, Larry Herbstritt and Gloria Skleroff and and um, uh, and have had the great fortune of it's I think it's been recorded over 50 57 times I think is uh, the last count of artists all over the world have recorded it in 15 different languages and um, uh, it's just one of those that uh, you know you uh, it takes a, a lot of luck and, and hopefully uh, and the right voice to, to bring it to life and, and make it popular. So uh, uh, thanks for thanks for sharing it with your audience. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Steve, for your time today. Uh-huh. And thank really, you. It's been a treat. Okay. And thank okay. you, listeners, for tuning in. Please show your support to this amazing songwriter, uh, Steve Dorf. And coming up next, I Just Fall in Love Again by Steve Dorff. <laughs> 